Welcome back to Throwing Hands. It's me, it's Toby. We apologize for no episode regarding the last card. We'll talk about that a little bit, but UFC 292, Toby, what are your thoughts? I think it looks pretty good, man. I know a few fights have fell through or are not what we expected them to be, but I think, you know, the replacements that are coming in, like Damon Blackshear coming in against Mario Batista, Pedro Munoz coming in against Cheeto Vera, I think the fights are still going to be pretty solid. It's a good card. Yeah. So for sure, and the prelims are pretty good too. It's a fun mm-hmm. prelim. So I'm gonna share my screen real quick. We're just gonna get hop right on into it. Um, Andre Petrovsky isn't exactly too pleased with Chris Weidman because he says he's ducked him for grappling matches. I'm like, dude, the, the guy broke his leg, man. Can, can you can you really ask much more from him? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what to think about that. I mean, it's kind of a weird thing to be accusing someone of or even if it is true like getting upset at someone it's like yeah this guy is 40 years old i mean yeah and he destroyed his leg horribly in his last fight i mean what do you expect man <laughs> like yeah um andrew lee doesn't andrew lee date tony kelly uh is that andrew lee i can't remember let Maybe. me see hold on i gotta look this up i don't want to put andrew lee in the same <laughs> Uh, boat is tony kelly we do not endorse anything tony kelly says right right toby yes correct it, it might have been andrew lee i did i just remember when he was in uh the corner and he was like those dirty brazilians you know whatever he said but yeah yep, yep that's right not the nicest guy yeah they're they are or were in a relationship well she's facing a very tough brazilian uh this weekend yeah and natalia silva that is a very tough matchup for andrew lee Oh, according to Sports Kita, my boy Vince Morales, shout out Vince. Um, he said that Tony Kelly um, gave him a menacing stare while they're riding in the elevator together. All right. <laughs> Interesting. We're, this isn't about Tony Kelly. This is about the fights. We, we, we could talk about Tony Kelly all day, but we're going to talk about the fights. Shout my uh, Fight Island uh, tank top, you know, yeah. really thought it was going to be an island. Got this from wow. the Reebok sale. That nice. that was the best thing to ever happen. Yeah, I'm rocking but, kind of a you know similar shirt, sort of. Mm-hmm. It's got a bunch of cars on it though, but it does look kind of tropical if you forget that they're cars. <laughs> it does. I thought you were wearing a Hawaiian shirt when you came on. Yeah, no, it's just a bunch of cars. Oh yeah, we got tough. The tough chips. Um, Brad Katona versus Cody Gibson. I stopped watching Tough around midway through the season. It just not, it just wasn't entertaining to be honest. There was there's like one coach's challenge, but anyway, um, Bracketona, that's um, Connor's guy, right? And Cody Gibson, mm-hmm. two vets of the game, man. I don't know. I really don't know. Whoever's idea it was to do prospects versus vets, dumb, horrible idea. But I think. Uh, 
I don't know, man. I think I think Bra- Bracketone is a solid fighter. I really do think he is. And I think Bracketone could come out on top. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I'm favoring Bracketone in this matchup. I thought he looked really good in his last matchup in the Ultimate Fighter. Um, yeah, I haven't been paying attention too much to the season, but I mean, I watched that fight and I thought he looked really good. He's tough. Like, he's definitely tough as nails. His striking could use some improvement, but he's a great wrestler. So, you know, he's going to probably rely a lot on the wrestling, but he, he's still competent on the feet. So I think this is a good matchup for him to get some takedowns, uh, get some good work in. I mean, both these guys, like you said, they're veterans of the game. They had some tough paths in the UFC. Like Cody Gibson faced Aljamain Sterling. He faced Manny Gamburian, and he faced uh, Douglas Silva, Deandre and then Bracatona faced Marab and uh, Hunter Azure. He lost to as well. But I mean, I don't know. The losses that they have in the UFC are not bad losses by any means. So both these guys are talented. I mean, there's a pretty big height difference. Like Cody Gibson's much taller. But like I said, I think Katona's just going to get on the inside, take him down, probably control him pretty well from the top. Bracatona only has a five, four and a half reach. That's crazy. Yeah. That's yep. crazy. <laughs> All right. Austin Hubbard versus uh, Kurt Holabaugh. Um, I don't know about this one, man. I really don't. Um, I think Austin Austin Hubbard is really good. I think. Uh, will he ever be championship material? Absolutely not. I don't think so. None of these. No, no one from Tough really becomes a champ. Marty Fake Newsman, aka uh, Kamar Usman, um, Tony Ferguson, Rashad Evans. There's only a handful of people that came through Tough and became champs. And some of them didn't even win the season. So, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I, I think Hubbard takes this pretty easily, honestly. Kurt's a good fighter, but I think Austin Hubbard's just simply better. Yeah, um, I think this is a pretty tight matchup. You know, both of them have made a lot of improvements uh, in their time away from the UFC. Like, Austin Hubbard didn't have a bad UFC run. He just kind of alternated wins and losses for most of his career. I mean, he's a good fighter. He's not, like, the most exciting entertaining guy in the world but he's a good striker he mixes in the grappling well and i mean kurt hollabaugh has definitely improved a lot since his ufc run i mean he did pretty terrible in his first run in the ufc so i would probably favor austin hubbard i thought he looked really good um or not i thought he looked pretty good in his last fight against um who's that really t- uh roosevelt roberts i thought he looked pretty oh, yeah. good against roosevelt i mean it wasn't like a standout performance or anything but roosevelt roberts is a really lanky uh, good striker. And I thought he handled that pretty well. So I'd probably favor Hubbard in this one. Yeah, we shall see tough finale on Saturday on ESPN. All right, here we go. Robocop versus uh, Dennis Tulian. Tulian. Uh, I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to call him Dennis. I think, it, I think it's just Tululan, I believe. Tululan. All right. Well, yeah, I think that's, so. that's what we'll go with. Stay consistent. But Rodriguez is a damn good fighter, I think. I mean, the Duke can crack. Probably had one of the gnarliest cuts in UFC history. I forget whom he was fighting, but and but Tululian's not someone to uh really. I mean, I know the eleven and seven record is not the best, but he's not someone you should play around with lightly. He can he can get it done. Yeah, for sure. This is going to be a fun matchup. I think. I mean, hopefully this turns out to be a banger because both these guys usually just come forward, throw with reckless abandon. Especially, I mean, RoboCop. We know we've seen him in there. He's a super tough guy. He can take uh, an inordinate amount of damage and yeah. fight through it. I mean, his fight with uh, Marquez, his fight with Chidi, 
you know, those fights he both won, but he got the crap beat out of him on both of them. Um, I think he maybe even been knocked down uh, Man, once or he, twice in those fights, he, and he came back and he flatlined Marquez. And oh, that just, was horrible. Uh, it was a crazy, crazy fight, a crazy finish too. And then he just broke Chidi. I mean, I think Chidi Njikwani is a very good fighter, by the way. Like, I have a lot of respect. I think he could be a top 10, top eight fighter at some point. But yeah, he just got broken down by RoboCop. The only thing about RoboCop is that his chin can get cracked. I mean, we've seen that on a couple of occasions on the contender series. I forgot who he faced then, but he got knocked out pretty bad. And then, of course, against Bruno Ferreira, he got really put out badly. So when you're facing a guy like Dennis Tulin, who's also going to pressure forward, throw big shots, we know he has knockout power. It's dangerous. Um, there's always a chance that Robocop could get cracked here. But I think he's the better striker still. I think he's probably more powerful. I just hope that – I think he should just uh, use some wrestling. I mean, Tulin, his biggest weakness is probably his ground game. Um, if you get on top of him, you know, you can probably control him, especially if you're as big and as physically strong as Rodriguez. So mm-hmm. I would advise him to try to get some takedowns, especially if he gets hit once or twice and doesn't really like it. Just shoot in, man. Like there's nothing wrong with getting takedowns. No, there's nothing wrong with getting takedowns. And, you know, as you see from the stats here, Rodriguez can get it done on the ground as well. So yeah. we'll see what happens there. It's I think I think Rodriguez takes this one. What do you think? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I just, I just think it's a dangerous – like, if I were betting on this, I wouldn't probably put anything down just because I think it could go either way in terms of a knockout. But I think the more skilled fighter is certainly Gregory Rodriguez, and I would favor him. I agree. All right. He's back. The All-American Chris Wyden going against Brad Tavares, who uh, hasn't been great, who hasn't been great lately, to put it lately. Um, neither has Chris Weidman. However – I'm intrigued to see how he comes back. Um, I don't know, man. That's just such a tough injury to come back from. Silva wasn't the same. Who knows if McGregor will be the same? But yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see, man. I really don't know. I Brad, that, I mean, Chris Wyman can grapple. I know Brad Tavares can too, but I wouldn't be surprised to take Chris Wyman does work on the ground with this guy. Yeah, no, I would probably agree with that. I mean, it's it's so hard to lean Weidman just because the super devastating leg injury. And even before that, I mean, he got knocked out by Dominic Reyes, by Jacare, by Rockhold, by Romero. I mean, this guy got knocked out by a lot of heavy hitters in yeah. brutal fashion. Like every time it was just a horrifying knockout. Yeah, it was a t- like, <laughs> like the knee from Romero. Oh, like- man, yeah. And like even in the Rockhold fight, it wasn't a one punch KO, but the damage that he took against Luke Rockhold that ended his career essentially for you know the longest time. Even in the fight that he won when he bounced back against Kelvin, he got dropped and rocked badly in that fight and was able to just outlast him and get a um, submission in like the second round, I think. But still, he always has the wrestling fundamentals. He has great jujitsu. We know his grappling and wrestling is on point. He's been training with Sarah Longo for a very long time, and. I mean, he's always been a great fighter. He's always been a top-tier talent. If you look at his run, I think a lot of people really overlook Chris Weidman when you uh, yes. look at middleweight yes. champions. You got to look at, like, you can say, oh, well, Silva was messing around in the first one, and he broke his leg in the second one. Well, when it comes down to it, Chris Weidman beat Anderson Silva twice, both by finish. He beat Vitor when Vitor was juiced up, and he beat Lyoto. I mean, this guy had a good run as the middleweight champion, so we should not forget that. Now, with that being said, that was like, you know, nearly 10 years ago. 
but I think he's still a very skilled fighter. He's obviously past his prime, but so is Brad Tavares. We've seen his chin get cracked many a times in the UFC. And we know that his wrestling, especially his defensive wrestling, isn't tremendous. So I think this is a very winnable fight for Chris Weidman. He just needs to avoid damage, get on the takedowns and, you know, work his top pressure. Like we know he has, it's just, will his chin hold up? Will his age fail him? Who knows? But I'd probably favor Weidman slightly. I know he's a pretty big dog in this fight, but it's just hard, man. Tavares is also past his prime, not what he used to be. And the thing is, Brad Tavares isn't even that old. He's 35. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. that's like that's a solid weight age for a middleweight. Um, I mean, look at Cannoneer. He's 40, essentially. But, yeah, you know, exactly. But, you know, he did lose to Drakus Duplessis, so that tells you all you need to know. The future uh, champ, Drakus. Future – that's the, – the crazy thing is, that's not out of grasp. No, that's not unrealistic at all. Ugh. But anyway, Chris Wyman, I think he gets the job done by sub second round. I lo- I want to see it so badly. I could see that. And that's certainly what I'd be pulling for. I mean, I would love to see uh, Wyman get a finish here or even just get a win at all. I mean, I would just love to see this guy win. So at, at the same time, though, I don't want him to think like, I'm back. I'm going to become champ again. You're not going to become champ again, Chris. Just want to let you know that. But if you get a win, just ride off into the sunset on top. Yeah. For sure. All righty. Cheeto versus Pedro Munoz. Um, man, you, you can never count out Pedro Munoz because everyone whom he's lost to has been really great. <laughs> like, let's just take a look real quick. Um, lost to uh, no decision to Sean. Um, I forgot he beat Chris Gutierrez. I forgot. I, I don't even remember that happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I felt the same way when I was looking back at these. Yeah. Like that happened? <laughs> yeah. And he looked pretty good. I mean, and Chris Gutierrez, like he's, he's, a, he's, he's legit. a beast, man. Yeah. Um uh so you know, he knocked down Dominic Cruz, then Dominic Cruz looked like OG Dominic Cruz in those last two rounds. Lost to Jose Aldo, um, beat Jimmy Rivera. That was a great, that was a great fight. Um uh, lost to Frankie Edgar in a fight that could have gone Pedro Munoz's way. Uh, in my lost... opinion, def- should have. I think he won that Frankie Edgar fight. Yeah. Uh, Aljamain Sterling that lost is, there. That's one of my favorite fights of all time, Aljo versus uh, Pedro. That is such a banger if anyone hasn't watched that. They just stand and trade for like 15 minutes, and Aljo barely shoots any takedown. I mean, he is just brawling. I've never seen him fight like that in another fight. Yeah. You know, lost to John Dodson. That might be the worst loss in his record if that 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 says anything. Because John yeah. Dodson was a savage. Yeah. Fought DJ twice, looked pretty good. Then he got Cheeto Man. The, the man who knows how to just pull it out when he decides to. He couldn't do it against uh Corey Sandhagen. He didn't look like himself. He even said that. But what he did to Rob Font should be illegal. Um that was gruesome even though he got outstruck by like 200 he still won the fight because he just knocked him down four times then he did horrific things to frank well before that he did horrific things to frankie edgar then sent dominant cruz to another planet about a year ago so yeah man cheetos i think cheetos still legit a legit contender in this division some people don't think so i think you're wrong um see i i saying i think you're wrong i'm i'm not judgmental but <laughs> um, yeah, I think Cheeto wins this fight, honestly. I think he knocks him out. 
Yeah, for me, watching a Cheeto Vera fight is always very frustrating most most of the time. I mean, Cheeto is just a very hard fighter to pinpoint because you look at the numbers. I mean, he gets outstruck by a lot. I'm pretty sure his um, strike differential is pretty terrible. Like, he's always getting outstruck in every fight. Even if you look at his highlights, like, you know, the UFC will always post top finishes from the card. Almost all of his top finishes come in fights that he was losing the first round. And you can hear it in the commentary. They're like, what a comeback from Cheeto Vera. And it's like, so every fight this guy is losing, basically, he always loses the first round. So we know that he's going to lose the first round of this fight because he always comes out and he says, I've been putting in the work this time. I've been training for the finish and this and that. And he does get good finishes, but typically in the third, fourth, fifth round, depending on how long this fight goes. The thing that concerns me is that this is a three round fight. He's been fighting in a lot of main events, the Sanhagen, Cruz, Font, all those were main events, right? And I just don't know if he's going to be able to put enough pressure on Pedro, who, by the way, has a really good chin. That's one thing about Pedro that we've never really seen before. I mean, as far as I can remember, at least his chin has not been cracked as far as I mean, you know, he's got a pretty good chin. He's got good leg kicks. He's very tough, very powerful. Um, He can grapple, too. He's got a great guillotine. Um, Not so much an offensive grappler, but I I think Pedro gets this done just because Cheeto is never active enough in the dominant cruise fight. He was being outstruck and he was able to land some good pinpoint shots in the Rob font fight. He was getting outstruck tremendously and was, uh, you know, just able to land some good shots at the end of the round, but he's had some very disappointing performances too. Like the Jose Aldo fight, the Song Dong fight, those were fights that he could have won if he had just put a little more pressure on his opponent. I'm just not convinced that Cheeto is going to come out there and really press for that finish when he needs to and against a guy like Pedro Munoz, he's going to need to press for that finish. He can't just wait until four minutes into the third round and hope to land a huge head kick. So yeah. I'm leaning Pedro. I mean, obviously Cheeto is super dangerous, fun guy, but I just can't trust him. I think the thing with Cheeto, you make a good point. He, he, I think he relies on his ability to know when it's time to turn it on in a sense. Uh, let me explain that a bit. Like he, I think he knows he can fight consistently, but he's just he he thinks so much about when he's gonna punch, where he's gonna punch, stuff like that, instead of just fighting. And I think that's where he gets into trouble. You look at uh, like you said, the Jose Aldo fight. You know, he won a round. He got one of those rounds, but he didn't keep on the gas. Um, and he's like, now Marlon wastes the first round. Piotr Jan doesn't, in the sense that Piotr Jan is very like reading everything that you do you know Piotr Jan's gonna lose the first round just like Cheeto but it doesn't seem like Cheeto does that it's like he doesn't change up his game plan throughout the fight he just manages to figure it out but uh, here's what I can't stand Toby people calling that Cheeto Vero win over uh Sean O'Malley a fluke it was not a fluke he beat him he beat the brakes off of Sean O'Malley do you think it was a fluke uh, no, I wouldn't say it was a fluke. I mean, there are very, there are actually really almost no victories in the octagon that I would call a fluke. Like there, thank you. There are a few examples I'm sure I could probably think of, but when you get your hand raised against someone in in the octagon, I mean, that means you beat them one way or another. Like when people say, "Oh, well, he got kicked right on this one nerve." Well, who threw the kick? It was Cheeto Vera that threw the kick that hit Sean O'Malley's nerve that caused him to have that injury, and then once he got him on the ground. He elbowed him in the face and punched him until he was unconscious. So, I mean, you know, people can say what they want, but if he had kept following up with elbows, he would have just, he would have battered Sean O'Malley. And so it was a good stoppage and it was a legit win. 
like I said, I mean, there are very few fights that I would consider flukes per se, yeah. but yeah, there I mean, are robberies. It, absolutely. And it's not like Cheeto is an unranked bum right now. He's what five, six in the world. Yeah. Like he, he, that's, that's such a ridiculous narrative guys. So don't do it. But anyway, uh, Damon Blackshear versus Mario Bautista. Interesting that this is on the main card because I know Cody Garbrandt was here. But what 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 Blackshear did last week with that uh, twister? Shoot, man, you got to put him on the main card. This guy, he's you got to be skilled to pull out a twister, and this guy did it. Uh, but Mario Bautista's no slash. You got to look out for this guy. Yeah, I'm actually really excited. This fight is on the main card. I think it's well deserved for both guys. These are two guys that I've really been watching out for as of late. I mean, they're both bursting onto the scene. Uh, Bautista has had a really good run of the UFC. I mean, I'm not sure if all of his wins are by finish, but most of them definitely are by finish. And he's fought some pretty good opponents like Brian Kelleher, Guido Canetti. I mean, these guys are not like incredible or anything, but yeah, they're they're mid-tier fighters and they're pretty good. I mean, so he's been super impressive on his run. Um, and then, yeah, DeMond Blackshear pulled off a twister last time. Incredible. You know, only the third time in UFC history that anyone's gotten twister. Um, his fight before that was a really good finish on the feet as well. So this is a fun matchup, man. It's tough to say because both guys were training for someone completely different. I mean, Mario, but like DeMond Blackshear is a totally different fighter than Cody Garbrandt. Very different style. Yeah. He's, you know, probably going to mix in a lot more takedowns, I would assume. But Bautista is very competent uh, on his back. You know, he can reverse positions well. He's got great submission games, especially guillotine. So I'm not surprised that Bautista is a pretty big favorite still, even against Damon Blackshear. You know, we haven't seen Blackshear test it quite as much against the level of competition as we have with Bautista. But I think he's really coming into his own right now. His last two wins were very impressive. He's got a great camp around him. So I think this is just a really fun matchup. I'm glad they're getting some shine on this one. And I think it should be great. Yeah, I think Blackshear takes it, man. I mean, you got to be riding some good momentum coming off a, a damn twister. Like, yeah, that, good for him, man. But uh, yeah, this is a fun fight. I, I, I changed my opinion. This should be on the main card. Very the, good fight. The main reason I would favor Bautista in this one is just because Blackshear did fight last week and it is not easy to cut weight one week. And then he probably gained, you know, maybe five, 10, however many pounds. And then to cut it right back the next week. I mean, maybe he didn't, I'm not sure. Maybn't maybe he doesn't cut much weight to ban weight, but I would imagine he cuts at least a few pounds and that is not fun to yeah, do that. And he's and, not, he's not a small band weight. He's five ten. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's, but that's, that's a tough one. It's, it's going to be tricky for both guys. They were, I mean, Blackshear wasn't even planning on fighting. Bautista was planning on fighting a completely different guy. So it's a really interesting, tricky matchup for both. Yeah, for sure. Okay, this is interesting. Neil Magny versus Ian Machado, Gary. I've saw, I've seen Neil Magny fight in person. He fought Max Griffin. And if you want an exciting Neil Magny fight, you got to pressure him. And I think that's exactly what our boy Ian Machado, Gary, Gary will do. And Neil Magny just admitted to beating his children, essentially, this week. So that'll give uh, Ian Gary some extra motivation. That was the craziest thing I ever did not heard. see that at all. You didn't see it? No. Oh, it was horrible. He was like, you know, I'm I'm gonna whoop him like I whoop my children. I'm like, dude, that's that's not something you you well, you, yeah. you let out. Hopefully, hopefully he was joking, but it's not joking about beating children yeah. is not a great thing to joke about. Probably so not I'm gonna take good to joke I'm about. gonna take it seriously, therefore. Yeah. But. Uh, Dude, Neil Mag, I don't know, man. I I think 
if Neil Magny wins this fight, it's going to be the most boring fight you will ever, ever see. Because he's going to put him up against the cage, do just enough for the ref to not break him up and bring him back to the center of the octagon. And it's like Neil Magny doesn't really have, I swear he doesn't have submissions either, it feels like. like he, not 50, really, yeah. Like 60% of his wins come by decision. So I think Ian Machado, I think uh, Ian Gary's going to piece him up. I really do. Um, Neil Magny's not going to be quick enough. Neil Magny's almost 30, 40, I think. So, I don't know. I, I think I think Ian Gary gets the job done. And his last fight, who was up against Song Kanong. No, he beautiful. beat, beat D-Rod. Oh, yeah, he beat D-Rod. That's right. Yeah, that was yeah, beautiful, sure. too. Head kick. I yeah. forgot about that. But, yeah, Ian Gary gets this done, man. I don't see it going any other way. Yeah, no, you had mentioned you got to see Magni fight live. I got to see Ian Gary fight live down in Charlotte, and that was a fun knockout to watch live over D-Rod. And D-Rod is a legit good yes. fighter. I mean, his boxing can, is top tier. In that yeah, his boxing is very crisp. We know how tough this guy is. Like, we know D-Rod can absorb a lot of damage and continue fighting. I mean, he does make some mental errors when he's in there sometimes, but he was looking fine in that fight, and Gary just landed a beautiful combination. So, you know, anybody out there who doesn't like Ian Gary, doesn't like his style or his trash talk, you know, just put that aside for a second and remember that this guy is a legitimately very talented fighter. He's undefeated for a reason. Yet you can say he hasn't fought the highest level of competition, but he got hurt in the song Kanon fight, came back and got a finish. He ran right through D-Rod, which was his toughest fight, clearly. So he's a, he's a good talent. I think I think Gary gets it done. It is a late replacement. I'm actually very glad for him because I think Jeff Neal is probably going to take his head off, but I'm not sure. Yeah. That, that that was a fun matchup, but I was definitely thinking Jeff Neal on that one. But yeah, with Magny, man, I rarely ever say a fighter is boring, but Mag Neil Magny really is not a fun <laughs> fighter to watch. I mean, you watch his fight most recently with Phil Rowe. You watch oh. some of his other fights. I mean, same, guy, the same fighter. Yeah, I mean, this guy really he does just hold people against the cage. Like there are some fighters who people say are boring. You know, some people say like, Oh, Habib was boring. Yeah. But yep. Habib would take guys down over and over. He would ragdoll them. He would beat them up from top position. Magni doesn't look for takedowns. Really. He doesn't look for, uh, you know, tie strikes in the clinch, like nice, uh, really big knees or elbows in the clinch. He really just looks for like, basically he's punching guys thighs in the clinch is the, as much as he's doing he's just holding in there because he doesn't want to take damage because somehow this dude fought like a hundred times in the ufc and somehow never developed a good striking from range when he's six foot three with an 80 inch reach at well I, I don't understand like it actually makes me angry how bad neil magny is at this point in his career when yeah. he's like dude you fought everybody you fought everybody you've been training doesn't he train at like elevation fight team too this guy's been fighting Look. so many good fighters for his entire career he has the most wins in welterweight history somehow yeah and this he guy's an ele elevation fight team i don't understand it man. i really don't get it like how have you not become better at fighting at this point yeah like he's he's fought oh, I mean, burns did terrible things to him i forgot about that but like he's fought like you said he's fought everyone everyone like uh, Damian Maya, Gastelum, Lorenz Larkin, Hendricks, Dos Anjos. That's just that's Anzi, six, seven years I mean, ago. From, yeah, like come on, man. And then you know he's still, but he's been around. And you make the good point. Like he doesn't chain anything together. 
he he goes in on a single and stays on that single. He's not like Kobe Covington who, if he's not getting the takedown, he's just going to give up on the takedown. He doesn't care. He or, the, or then he'll shoot for a double or blast single, something like that. So yeah, he's the most boring fighter, uh, oh, most boring top tier fighter. Yeah, he really is. I mean, he's always hanging around the top 10, top 15. But if you look at his record, it's very deceiving. Like, you look at how many wins he's got, and you even look at the guys that he's won against, and you're like, oh, that's pretty good. But if you watch his fights, man, the D-Rod fight was getting beat up most of that fight. And then with a few minutes left, was able to pull off a submission. Max Griffin fight. I honestly thought Max Griffin won that fight. Personally. That was a great fight. That was actually a fun. That's a yeah. fun Neil Magny fight, guys. Yeah, Go it, watch Max Griffin versus Neil Magny. Yeah, no, that is, that is actually a fun one. But you know, I thought I thought he lost him. I thought Max Griffin, you know, he knocked him down. I thought he did a lot more damage in that one. But other than that, like most of his wins just come after he's been getting beat up most of the time. And then he's able to pull off a late submission or, you know, claw back the final two rounds and get a decision or something like that. I mean, he's just he hasn't evolved much as a fighter. Like you said, he doesn't chain anything well together. He doesn't use his range really that well at all. No. So in this matchup, I, I really think ian gary just takes i think he's better almost everywhere like we haven't really seen much of ian gary's grappling but from what we have seen he can defensively wrestle fairly well he can um shuck off takedowns pretty good he can sprawl fairly well you know i think he i think he'll do all right even if magni plans on coming in just taking him down over and over i just don't really see that happening yeah same all righty first championship battle tonight zhang wei li versus amando lemos um, uh, I don't know what to think about this one, man. Um, oh. it's a tough one. I I, I do think Zhang Weili she might make it look easy. That's the thing. She just might go in there, do her thing. But Amanda Lemos, I don't know. She's she's. I mean, she lost to Andrade by a standing arm triangle against the shortest girl in the division. That's <laughs> wasn't a good look. Not, not a good look. <laughs> But if you look at whom she has defeated, it's not bad. She gets the job done, man. I mean, oh, it's good. She's got a good record. Yeah, Marina Rodriguez, hard fight to win, knocked her out, KO TKO, subbed uh, Michelle Waterson. Take that for what you will. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Shawn Lee, man, she's only lost to the best. She she lost to Rose. Well, Rose Namajunas said it herself. I'm the best. She only lost to the best, man. But um, said by the best herself. But um, Zhang Weili is really good, man. Um, and I I think she might take off Amanda Lemos's head. Uh, <laughs> and she could sub her too. She could do, she she does this however she wants, man. It'll, I think it'll be quick. Yeah, this is a fun matchup, man. I mean, both of these women it is are fun. they're finishers. Like you don't see many finishers in flyweight or strawweight. But I mean these. They have legit knockout power, both of them. They've got legit submission skills. I mean, Amanda Lemos, you know, her record is very impressive, in my opinion. You know, she's got a few setbacks. Of course, the Andrade loss is not great. You know, getting subbed by someone who's like five foot four. Well, I guess she's pretty small, too. But Andrade is, I guess, even smaller than that, like five one, maybe, honestly. But other than that, I mean, the knockout of Rodriguez, we all know how good of a striker Marina Rodriguez is. The finish over uh, Michelle Waterson, that was a beautiful guillotine that she jumped, pulled guard, was super confident, was able to get that finish. I mean, she's a finisher through and through. And when she's on, she is definitely on. I think with the Andrade, like I said, I don't call anything flukes. Of course, Andrade 
That was a great finish for her. But I think Lamos just got caught off guard in a bad position. And yeah, she should have fought out of it, but it was just a very weird situation that they ended up in. But then on the flip side, Zhang Wei Li is the same way, man. Like you said, I mean, I think she's literally only lost to Rose. She may have lost like one other time, but she lost like the, I think she lost the first fight in her career, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That's what, yeah, that's what it is. She lost her first ever fight. Other than that, she has literally only lost to Rose Namajunas, who is one of the best female fighters of all time. So in the second fight they had, you can make a pretty decent argument that Zhang Wei Li actually won. I mean, I thought Rose won when I first watched it. I haven't really watched it back since then, but it was close. Definitely. Her knockout of Joanna, who is probably past her prime, but it was still a great setup where she's pretty drew, sick. I mean, she drew her in right into that spinning back fist. It was beautiful. The, she decimated Carla Esparza. I mean, made it look easy. Yeah. Esparza for, you know, all, yes, she had a terrible fight against Rose, uh, but she's good. Carla Esparza is a good fighter. She had a really good finish um, of, uh, what's her name? Yan Jianan. Yan Jianan. Yeah, she had a great finish of Yan Jianan. So I think that Zhang Wei Li probably takes this. Um, I mean, they're both finishers, so it could go either way, but Zhang Wei Li... She's just proven. She's proven herself to be championship level. She's done it before. She's defended before. She got the belt back. She's beaten some of the best you know, female fighters of all time. And she is so well-rounded. That's the thing that is really impressive about Zhang Weili. She yes. can get it done anywhere. She is proficient everywhere. She is so strong. That's another thing. She is unbelievably strong for her height and weight. So... I think I think John Wei Lee. Like the more I talk, I'm actually convincing myself. I think that John Wei Lee is going to get this done for sure. Yeah, definitely. John Wei Lee knockout. That's how I see it going. But anyway, to the main event, Aljamain Sterling he grinds my gears, but I got him. He's good. Versus Sean O'Malley, who I believe lost to Pierian, but that's another discussion. Um. I don't know who wins this fight, to be honest. It's such an, it's such an interesting matchup because we haven't seen really Sean O'Malley have to defensively grapple. I mean, I, I, he did get taken down by Piotr Jan, but I'm talking about jiu-jitsu. I'm interested to see how he can um, grapple in that sense. And Aljamain Sterling hasn't fought a, le- a lengthy striker like Sean O'Malley yet. So... I don't know. This is such, it's tough for me. I know, I think Aljamain is favored minus 258, but I wouldn't put money on this fight, man. This is a tough one to call. And, t- dude, I don't know. I, it's such a, it's just hard to call. It's definitely a coin flip. I mean, there are certain things that I think Aljo clearly, um, is better at there are certain things that sean is clearly better at i think aljo you have to give the edge and experience of course i mean this guy has fought so many people in the bantamweight division and i will say his run has been very odd like the tj fight we know that tj should not have been in there he had no business fighting for a title with his shoulder completely destroyed so that's not really a great win the cejudo win is legit cejudo even after three years off looked very good he was quick and explosive and look to be pretty much still as good as he was so that's a legit very good win the Jan fight you know the second one it wasn't incredibly impressive but he got it done I mean he definitely won three rounds to two in my opinion and the first one he looked good to start off but then he was just wilting and he says that it was the neck injury I tend to believe that because he hasn't really had any cardio issues since then so I think Aljo is a legit champion very good fighter I mean obviously 
we don't even have to say it, but you know, his back control, like if he gets your back, it's pretty much done or he's going to yeah. control you for the whole fight. So O'Malley, he definitely has the advantage of being way taller. I mean, he doesn't have a huge reach advantage, but just that length alone, the height is going to make a lot of a different, uh, make a big difference for him. He's got really good sprawling ability. Like if you watch a lot of his fights, he can sprawl very well. Even in the Piotr Jan fight, I thought his takedown defense wasn't terrible. It's just that his standups weren't great. Like he was able to defend some takedowns pretty well. It's just that when he did get taken down, he wasn't able to get back up as quickly or as good as he should have. I will say though, I've always maintained that O'Malley did win one in three against Peter. I know that's an unpopular opinion. It's a hot take. I know. But if you look at the stats, man, I'm looking at him right now. Peter Jan, six of nine on ground strikes. This guy had five and a half minutes of control time and he landed six strikes on the ground. So let's keep that in mind. And let's also yeah. keep in mind that uh, Sean O'Malley had 84 significant strikes to 58. He had a huge cut over Peter Jan's eye, which was the most significant moment really of the whole fight uh i mean i think he won you know i think he won one in three obviously i do see an argument for jan of course it was a very close fight but i just hate when people say like oh man it was not even close jan it wasn't a out. robbery by any means yeah, it's like come on it was a close fight but as far as um like i said with aljo he's got the experience and that's the one thing o'malley really doesn't have like yeah he went to war with Piotr jan and that's great but he just hasn't been in there time and time again. That was a three-round fight, too. He hasn't been in those five-round wars, those dog fights that Aljo's been in with guys like Pedro Munoz had a great fight with him, with guys like Jimmy Rivera. You know, I mean, he's been in there with the best of the best, even before his title run. So I don't know, man. It's tough to say. Aljo's also got very unorthodox striking. I think a lot of people forget just because he's such a good grappler that he can strike pretty well. It's very unusual, but it's effective. He has a very high um, landing percentage. Like he lands a lot of yeah. the strikes that he throws. I think his movement is going to present some problems maybe to O'Malley. The, I mean, I'm not sure his leg kicks are incredible. I've never really seen him implement leg kicks too much, but of course that's always the, you know the thing you should probably target with O'Malley. But if he slips up on the feet, if he leaves an opening O'Malley is a sniper man and he will catch him I believe so it's a really tough fight to call I mean you know it's the same thing if O'Malley slips up if he lets Jan uh, or if he lets um Sterling do what he did to Jan where he just gets that takedown and takes mount and then takes us back that's a wrap so either way there could be a quick finish or it could go the distance I mean it's really it's a toss-up. Yeah, man. it's an interesting fight that's why I'm excited about matchup stylistically it's a, it's it's a fun one so we're going to go into our prediction. I think – I don't know. I really don't know. Like, I, I've been thinking about this, like, all the time. My gut says, you know, O'Malley's Irish. He's They're fighting in Boston. The crowd's going to be a ruckus. I think O'Malley gets it done. I think he I think he wins. I think he finishes in fourth round. Watch it happen. Yeah, I've heard um, quite a few people have been, have been talking about this leading up to the fight. But there is – you know, you can't discount like energy and a feeling, right? Like when people say, you know, just it seems like this guy is going to be champion. It feels like he's going to win. It really does feel like O'Malley is destined to be a champion. I know everybody says that. Every fighter who's ever fought has said that. I, I have the feeling that I'm going to be champion. I'm going to be champion. But, but it really is different for someone like O'Malley because he has spoken everything that he said into existence. I mean, with the exception of the Cheeto Vera fight, and the Pedro Munoz, I mean, he didn't look great against Pedro Munoz, but with the exception of the Vera fight, he really has been pretty much flawless in the UFC and not against bad competition. So I don't want to be that guy who's like, it just seems like O'Malley's going to be, 
gonna win this one but it does kind of it just seems like it might be his time in terms of skill yeah i mean i think he's legit enough to hang with the best of the best i think we saw that in the on fight and like i think it's just such an even matchup in terms of his strengths versus Aljo's strengths kind of counteracting each other that i'm just gonna go with the vibes brown and my vibes are telling me it's sean o'malley's time vibes <laughs> the vibes girls love vibes <laughs> and like you said it's in boston that crowd they love o'malley up in boston that's a very good name to have to be fighting in front of a boston crowd so yes hey that's got to mean something yeah absolutely um we're gonna talk about last week's card we're gonna touch on two things we're gonna touch on docus in the main event it's really all we got that's not really all there is to touch about but we'll start with the main event first um dos Anjos didn't look bad i mean dude this guy is almost pushing 40 Finding up a weight class, he's not a natural welterweight by any means. And he looked pretty decent against Vicente Luque. The game plan just didn't work. That's really all it was. And Vicente Luque had a good game plan. He he looked pretty good. And he looked more reserved, I think. He wasn't going in there swanging and banging like he usually does. Because, you know, Jeff Neal sent him to someplace else um, and to the hospital. And gave him a brain bleed. So, you know, he didn't want that to happen again. But... I don't know, man. It, it, RDA is not done. <laughs> I think it's crazy. He's almost 40, but he can still hang with the top guys. Yeah, it wasn't the most uh, interesting. You know, it wasn't like a riveting action the whole time, I will say. But it was a solid fight uh, and a good game plan by Vicente Luque. I mean, he did what he had to do. You know, all of this guy's fights. Like, if people want to talk about, like, oh, this is such a boring fight. Well, just go back and watch Vicente Luque's other fights then and be happy with that. Because, yeah, when you have a brain bleed, you probably should start fighting the way he has. Like, you probably should try to take guys down and avoid damage at all costs. The thing that was a little bit annoying mm. well, or frustrating, I should say, was Dos Anjos was looking pretty good on the feet. I thought he was winning a lot of the exchanges yeah, on the feet. Yeah, he's up. And yet he still just kept shooting for takedowns. And he was going for like he his primary takedown is where he'll get a guy up against the cage and he'll try to get that double leg and pull their hips out. But it just wasn't working. Luke was doing that, you know, like where they turn to the side like a runner, like that runner yeah. stance. Kind of, Luke was doing that. Right. And he was spreading his uh, legs out. And so it was hard to like get in on his hips and get your hands locked. So he had his legs so far spread. And instead of moving to a single, lifting his leg up and trying to dump him, or even just pushing away and trying to strike from range, Dos Anjos just could not deviate from the game plan. And he just kept trying to get that same takedown. And I think we've talked about this before. One of the best qualities that a fighter can have is adaptability. You have to be able to mid-fight say, okay, my game plan's not working. Let me switch it up and try something different. And Dos Anjos was not able to do that in this fight, which was kind of surprising considering he is such a well-rounded yeah. and gritty veteran who's been in there many times. And we've seen him before be able to switch up his game plan. But, you know, I don't know. It's just a bit disappointing from Dos Anjos. I'm not sure if I don't think he's really lost a step. I just think he might've been caught off guard by Luque's game plan. I think he wanted to get some takedowns back. Like I know fighters do that all the time. Like you hit me with a good shot. I'm going to hit you back. Or you took me down. I'm going to take you down. Don't do that. Just, you know, if you're winning on the feet, stay on the feet. Pretty simple. Yeah. It, yeah. Interesting. I don't know where these guys go. I don't, it's, it's weird. Well, it's a way it's a weird division. It is very, very much is. But Chris Dawkins, I don't know what we got to do with this doom, man. He's he's gotten knocked brutally out four straight times. Derek Lewis checks out. 
Chris uh, uh, Curtis Blades checks out. Rosa Strike checks out. Clear Roundtree. I mean, that's this dude does terrible things to people. Um, I just don't know what you do with him because he's not a bum. Like he, I, I think that Derek Lewis fight must have changed him because he was piecing people up up at heavyweight. I mean, and it's not like he's fought bad dudes up at heavyweight, like, um, uh, you know, Abdurahimov, Alexei Olenek, um. Nascimento Ferreira, uh, Parker Porter. Like, he's Tarkas is a good fighter, man, but like, he he just the chin's gone. You, you, we texted about it. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know, man. I, I love Chris Tarkas. He's actually one of my, he's legitimately one of my favorite fighters. I don't, I don't know. It just sucks to see. Yeah. I mean, I think. I think there's a few things, you know, for one, he's been fighting some of the hardest punchers in all of MMA, like Derek Lewis, probably the biggest puncher, maybe well, besides Francis, but Derek Lewis is probably the biggest puncher we've ever seen, at least that's currently in the UFC. And right behind him, I would say is Jorginho Rosenstrike. So those are two of the biggest punchers in MMA history. Curtis Blades packs a lot of power himself and Khalil Roundtree packs a ton of power. I think, um, I forget who was telling this story about, I might've been DC or something where Anderson Silva was talking about years and years ago, how they had this one guy in the gym who only had like a few professional fights. And he was the hardest puncher they've ever seen of anybody that came through that gym. And it was Khalil Roundtree. So, I mean, yeah, he's had a lot of very tough matchups and he did look like a world beater in his first four fights in the UFC. He looked incredible. He got all finishes. I mean, he looked great, but I think, I don't know. I think he would benefit from mixing in some wrestling, you know, like a couple of these fights, he just got caught very early on and wasn't able to recover. And I do think you make a good point about the Lewis fight. Like that knockout was bad. I mean, his body like flopped all over. Like it was a very brutal knockout. So when you take a punch like that and you go down the way he did in a main event too, I mean, I think it really does change you and it really depends on how you react to it, but he has not reacted well. And I don't know what you do with him now because he's lost four straight. All of them have been horrible finishes. Most of them in the first round too, like quick finishes. So you almost got to say like, I mean, maybe let him go and bring him back. If he wins a few more, like let him go back uh, to a lower level promotion and try to bounce back or maybe just give him, you know, a really like lower ranked guy in the UFC, someone around like 30, 40 ish yeah. overall. But I don't know, man, it's a tough spot to be in. And then for Roundtree, I mean, he's always so up and down. You know, Roundtree will look incredible in one fight and then just get out-wrestled by Iwan Kutalaba and get finished by him or something. So S Someone said uh, Dominic Ray should be the next step for Khalil Roundtree. Yeah, definitely not. I don't think that's the fight to make. I mean, For Dominic if, Reyes' sake. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. If anything, make Dominic Reyes versus Chris Dawkins. Sure, yeah. that's actually not. You know, that's actually not a <laughs> see, bad fight. See whose chin holds it up. Yeah, see whose chin holds it. It it, really, it is just sad though because both these guys, like Dom Reyes and uh, Dawkins, they're so talented. They have a lot of talent. They're very good fighters. Their chins are just decimated. And what can you do? Like once the chin's gone, you can't really do much. Yeah, someone said put uh, Dawkins up against uh, Pavlovich. I'm like, you're an evil human being. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, Kevin Holland and Jack Della Maddalena are headline are, are co-mating uh, UFC Noche. Um, 
Great which fight. is a crossover Shevchenko. It's a fight. It's a free fight night for that's. But um, yeah, I can't. Like, that's that's a great co-main man. And Kevin Hall and that dude will fight anybody. Yeah, that's a that's such a fun matchup because I'm pretty sure we can safely assume that both guys are not going to be shooting takedowns. I mean, it's almost going to be like the Holland and Wonderboy fight where they basically agreed not to. I mean, Holland did end up shooting, I think, a few times after he got hurt badly. But for the most part, we know that these guys are going to stand and trade. They both have pretty different striking styles. I mean, JDM, they're both they both put a lot of pressure on their opponents, but just in different ways. And they both have different techniques that they employ. Holland is a bit longer, likes to throw a lot of long straight punches, a lot of kicks, front kicks to the body. JDM is more, you know, crushing leg kicks, big hooks. But both these guys are very, very good, great strikers. I mean, that is such a fun matchup, man. I'm so glad that it's getting a pretty big spot. Because I think a lot of people want to tune into that Shevchenko fight because, like you said, it is going to be just on ESPN Plus, I assume. And yeah. it's a fight, you know, fight night title fight, so. Should get exactly. some eyeballs there. Yeah, I can't wait. I hope it's on ESPN, not that, uh, like Plus or anything. That would be nice. That would be nice. Um, Jordan Levitt will fight Chase Hooper. Good That's fight. A, That's a fun. fun one. Yeah. Um, now is that is that a lightweight? He's up. Yeah, he's at lightweight, lightweight now, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, can't stand this guy. Honestly, Raul Rosas will fight uh, Terrence Mitchell. He got yeah. Terrence uh, Raul Rosas got absolutely mollywopped by what? What's his face? He's not the guy. He got mollywopped is from is not a bum by any means. Um, um, who was it? I remember he beat Jay Perrin, but then he lost Christian Rodriguez. Yeah, Christian Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, he's, he's pretty just, good. He he got thrown around like the ch- a child that he is. He's eighteen. Gosh. Yeah, yeah I think Raul Rosas. I think he's a good fighter, right? But I think they threw him into the UFC way too quickly. Like, yeah, this guy finished a bunch of fights and he looks very impressive in all of them. And he came into the UFC and he got that quick finish. But come on. I mean, this guy is literally 18. Like, he was a child. He was born in 2004. Like, that's crazy to think about. No, Raul Rosas, I think he's a pretty good fighter, right? But I just don't think he's quite there yet. I think he should still have built himself up built himself up a little bit more in some smaller organizations like brave or cage warriors or something just to get to the fury. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, we'll see how he looks, but yeah, 18 years old in the UFC. That's tough. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not the best decision. I don't think. Yeah. It's not too much, uh, news really. Oh, right. Chris Curtis is out. So Fluffy Hernandez will now fight Roman Kopalov on uh, UFC Noche. Yeah, that's a good that's one. A fun fight. That's a great one for sure. Shout out Roman Kopalov, man. Yes, we love Roman Kopalov around here. I think he gets it done. I think he's the champion right now, the uncrowned champion. He beats anybody. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Anyone you think... put it in front of him, he wins. I, I do think he'll be top 10, maybe even top five within, let's say, a year. I'll say one year. Yeah, he could absolutely be that. Um, Chris Gutierrez would fight Montel Jackson. That's a fun fight. Jeez. Yeah, that's a good one. Woo. That's a that's a heater. Uh and it is official. Curtis Blades will fight uh Gileton Almeida at Ooh. UFC Sao Paulo. Now that's an interesting matchup. I don't get why Curtis Blades didn't shoot once in that pal. No, he shot once. It was a horrible shot in that Pavlovich <laughs> fight. Horrible. 
Yeah, God. man. Curtis Blades, you know, sometimes he makes some boneheaded decisions. I would say he's not like the highest IQ fighter. I mean, you look at his fight with uh, Derek Lewis, for example, like that was one of the most telegraphed takedown attempts you will ever see. I mean, he from a mile away was just screaming like, I'm going to shoot this takedown. And Derek Lewis just timed an uppercut. So, I mean, he does make some mistakes in his fights. And I think that it's interesting because he's got such good wrestling, but Almeida's got such good grappling. And I'm not sure if, uh, if Curtis Blades' plan is to take him down and control him from top position. I'm not sure how well that's going to go against Johnson Almeida. I think, I think he'll get reversed. I think he'll get submitted, but I think he could do well on the feet. I just, Sometimes Curtis Blades is almost too eager to wrestle, which is inter- it's odd because it's it's usually the other way around where the wrestler is too eager to strike with a guy, but oftentimes Curtis Blades doesn't strike enough. Like he's a good he's a pretty good striker. Yeah. And I think the thing with Blades is that once he gets almost to the pinnacle of getting a title shot, that's where his brain just leaves him because yeah. he just makes bonehead decisions yes i don't know why i don't get it um okay we have to talk about this toby dylan Dennis's trolling has been on another level when it comes to logan paul i mean how many pictures of logan paul's fiance has he posted in the past like three days four days oh no man hundreds it feels like <laughs> he just posted another one 20 minutes ago Who's Logan Paul's fiance? All I know is that he's been with uh, quite a few women. Logan Paul. Uh, what's her name? Uh, fiance. Dylan it's, uh, the true champ. The it's, bare knuckle uh, champ. Nina Agdal. I think she's a. Uh, where's she from? Like, she's a Danish model. Oh wow, she's too pretty. Dude, I'm like, how many photos this who sends you these? He posted, let's see how many he's posted today. One, uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, eight, wow. nine, <laughs> ten, eleven, oh, man. twelve, thirteen. <laughs> 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 18 in a 24 hour time span. Yeah, these are like just random pictures, too. What is it? I guess they're just with like different guys, just different dudes. Yeah. Well, I'll give it to him, I guess. That's 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 commitment. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he photoshopped look. a picture of himself with Nina Agdahl. <laughs> yeah, man, Another Dylan, level. Dylan Dennis, you know, he knows how to he knows how to talk his way into things, but he's a good grappler. I mean, he's always been a really good jujitsu practitioner. It's just that I mean, I don't even know when the last time he actually competed in a jujitsu tournament four was. or five years ago <laughs> when he competed in Bellator or something it, like that. It, yeah, it's been a long time since he's competed in anything. But when he was competing, he was pretty good. But I don't know if this guy's ever even going to fight. You know, he's always talking. I don't know if he's ever going to sign a deal to fight anybody, to be honest. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's really it, man. That's, it's been a pretty quiet week in the week of MMA, to be honest. Yeah. 
I still haven't watched the press conference yet, so no, I can't really talk about it. Um, but yeah, man, that'll do it for us here. Uh, anything you got to say? Uh, just one thing. When I'm on Dylan Dance's Twitter, right, and he posts this tweet, and do not pull this up, dude. Do not pull this up because oh, I know what you're talking about. Dude, like, you don't even need to mention it. I I can't even believe. I don't know. Is that allowed on Twitter? I mean, I guess that's I Musk, guess. man. Who knows? It's the um, Musk era. I mean, I guess, but I pulled that up. And I'm just like wild, <laughs> like wild, what, dude? That is crazy. Uh, anybody go look up Dylan Dance's Twitter and just look up his replies. Not for the faint of heart. Yeah, I'll just say that. I'll leave it at that. Not for the faint of heart, but that'll do for this episode. When we get back, we we will review this card. Sorry, we didn't do the last one, but we'll review this one. Uh, like we will pretty much every other card throughout the year. So peace out, y'all. Peace.